the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck from BuffaloSportsPage.com and other things. And joining us, of course, the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. This is just a this is the busy, fun time of the year. We're going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball, but we're going to start with football. And Julio Jones, the wide receiver position in football. And, Paul, if I told you to draft a receiver today, would Julio Jones be the number one guy you'd take out of a current roster? Yeah, I think so. And and the reason I would say that, I mean, you could argue Antonio Brown. He's the other guy that pops into my head. But Julio Jones, at his size and ability, is the prototypical wide receiver that every NFL team wants right now. 6'3", physical, big, strong, fast. So he brings everything that you want at the wide receiver position. Um, he's finding that he's not getting as much love as he is from this crowd. Right. Uh, for So so that's, a th- I think, two things. The wide receiver position has been very interesting, as we've discussed uh, in the past here. And I, and I think there's two scenarios going on here. One, obviously, is the contract. And we'll discuss that as as uh, as we've got our piece here about that. But I think the, the big thing to note about Julio and really plenty of other wide receivers, uh, you know, that have had, you know, prominence in the past three, four years, Julio's touchdowns have dropped drastically um and he was and always like a killer red huge, zone guy huge um and, and the injuries have piled up and, and for sure his position on the field has changed as he's aged and the injuries have, have sort of hampered him but but to me that is the biggest red flag right now with atlanta's you know unwillingness to just throw him money right now um and and we're seeing this we're, and here's the thing generally what happens is if a wide receiver starts declining in terms of their production, like like in, on the touchdown statistic, it's because somebody else is picking up the, the load. That's not happening in Atlanta, right? There's no tight tight end taking over that that red zone, um, you know. And there's no other, really have a big Mohamed Sanu's right? not taking away touchdowns from Julio Jones, right? I mean, certainly. And look at they've drafted Calvin Ridley, right? They've got two monster running backs that that they put in place. They they what they've done is they've they've altered their game plan to sort of go away from Julio Jones. Because of he's been unreliable, he, he can't stay on the field for 16 weeks, and the past two years when he's been on the field, you know he hasn't been a red zone threat to them. Because- yeah, he makes a great catch in the Super Bowl to get a first down. All I had to do was run three times and then <laughs> kick, and they would have beat the Patriots. I'm sorry, I yeah. digress. Angst, angst. <laughs> I may have, I'm still, um, you know, may have still had a little a, bitter about that one, aren't well, you? Well, may have had a square issue, Paul. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. But but before we get to the it contract, was for a lot of money. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I think we all figured that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, I think before we, before we get to the contract part of this, though, I think the, the interesting thing to, to talk about here is is how p- people are valuing these wide receivers, right? Because as we see these spread offenses come into play, you're going to see less and less yardage as stats, right? You're going to see less and less receptions. Um, just because the ball is getting spread around more, right. the touchdown is going to become one of the most important stats to value a player on. And if you can't get yourself open in the red zone in the final third of this field, you're going to be negated quite heavily. And right, I, th- I think that's where Julio Jones is right now. He's a player who he's fine, you know, between the twenties to get you down the field a little bit. He's a first down, you know, I, 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 obviously a top first down option for them. But when it comes to the red zone, he's been in decline. Now, so. now if I'm Julio's agent, I want to I want to respond. If if you're we're sitting you're sitting across from Thomas Dimitrov, the GM of the Falcons, I'm going to say, well, wait a minute. The guy's established himself as the best red zone guy in the NFL. Well, what do you think is going to happen? He doesn't get single coverage anymore. Mm-hmm. Fade passes are no longer an option because they don't let him go one on one. You know, there's so much coverage towards him because of who he is and what he is. Of course, logically, his touchdowns are going to decrease. That's just the nature of the NFL game 
I, I guess my if I'm the if I'm Thomas Dimitrov, I'm saying exactly, and that's why we're not paying him extra money, right? I mean, that's the answer. That's the answer. The answer is so it's not really Julio's fault. It's it, not. It, you, not could, it, you could say it's not Julio's fault, but he's he's thirty in, in eight months, and that's just the nature of how this is going to go, right? They didn't draft Kelvin Ridley really, really by accident. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's already done his part in terms of Thomas Dimitrov, you know, kind of filling up the sp- the space that go- going forward. It makes no sense, in my opinion, to give this guy more than you know the forty some million dollars he's worth over three years. So let's talk about this because this is a six year contract. And we've talked about five and six year contracts in the NFL many times on this show, and you know I'm going to keep doing it, you know, as long as players keep signing them, because because this is a situation where this is also Julio Jones's fault and his agent, obviously. Um, they should know better, and that's what I'm going to say. That's my answer to this. That they, those they are should just know not better. coming around the NFL. They're not signing until you're 37 years old. That's right. Um, you know, look, look at he signed this at age 26. He signed this in 2015, three years ago this was probably still just fine, right? But in the last 18 months, that's just not the way it's working anymore. And, and that's a positive thing for a lot of things, a lot of, for both sides, for the teams and the players. It's not great for agents. It's not. Um, and, you know, my answer to that is also going to be too bad. But, but look, at he's, a, he's in a generation, these 2015 contracts, especially with wide receivers, where you had the fluff. You had two good years of, of cash flow, a decent third year, and then everything else after that was fluff. And he's into the fluff right now. And he's into a badly structured fluff situation. Okay, he made a decent amount of money in year one. He made okay money year two. He didn't make great money last year either. He made $11.5 million last year in terms of cash. Paltry. Right? Right. (laughs) Comparison. All of this is in air quotes, obviously. Right. (laughs) But in terms of, you know, the the Hopkins and the Devontae Adams and those guys who signed contracts, you know, those guys are making 15, 16 on average a year. So if if you're putting Julio Jones at the top of your your wide receiver list, 11.5 million and now 10.5 million this year, of course he's going to gripe about that. But he signed this contract and he signed this contract assuming he was going to be able to get out of it this year. And he's not. Atlanta's not going anywhere because they're certainly happy with a twelve and a half, twelve point nine million dollar cap hit for a guy who's not scoring touchdowns, right? I mean, they're not going to reduce, they're not going to increase that, and 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 there's been a lot of speculation about throwing him a signing bonus to sort of sort of make him happy, and and all that does is add dead cap to this situation, and we've talked about that. That's a situation you don't want to get yourself into if you don't know where he's going to be in two or three years. They they being the Falcons, yeah. they put their money into the quarterback. Matt they, Ryan, they did, and that's and and by and the running pay, back, right, right. They've got the highest paid multi year running back on this team right now. By doing that and drafting Calvin Ridley, they the, the writing's on the wall. That's right. They put their Jones. foot They're down. They're not getting a new contract. So here's my question with that, and I know Paul wanted to jump in with something, but let me just say this. So does that make Julio Jones after this year a trade target? He's he's one right now, in my opinion, right now. Certainly, you know they, they're going to wait a year because of Calvin Ridley's development and, and just the fact that they can win. They're, look, they're they're an NFC favorite right now, just based on everything we've spoken to. Um, and Matt Ryan's signed long term. You know they're they're going to want to give him the best opportunity to go and and, and make make that money work, right? Because certainly they paid him well. Um, my point in all of this is Julio Jones has no gripe here. Yeah, he doesn't. And and, and as, as crazy as somebody who's a Falcons fan listening to this is, is going, oh my, what are you talking? You're yeah. crazy. You can't talk about trading Julio Jones. The, the, this was most my question to you, Mike, and Kevin set me up for it perfectly there by talking about trading him. It, we have reached the era in the NFL, and you and I have talked. We've talked about this a lot, where you get what you you got seven good years out of Julio Jones. He was one of the best in the league. He's thirty years old. Next, 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 and and I think that's what the Falcons. I think what's what's the unsaid part of all this is the Falcons are saying, "You were great. 
you're still pretty good, but you're not going to be great anymore. We're not going to tie ourselves to paying you, and we've seen this all around the NFL. Is that the overriding picture of what is going on in this negotiation? No question. Okay. No question. It's just that time, right? It's yeah. Just, it's you've just, gotten it's everything you can. You've gotten thing. the best you can get out of. That's them. right. Listen, if they trade him, they can sign a Hall of Famer. Terrell Owens. <laughs> he just ran a 4-4, 40-yard right. dash, right, at 44. That <laughs> unbelievable. So I, yeah. I did a tweet where I put some notable free agents out there, and I added him to the list, and it did not go well. <laughs> was not, that was not a comical situation. Put Jerry Rice and, uh, and, and some of those guys on there, too. Listen, and, and Tim Brown. It would be, you know, we can all kid aside, um, it would be a remarkable story. Tio. Yes, mm-hmm. to play again in the National Football League after being inducted in the, in the Pro Football it's Hall of Fame. It's not happening. There is nobody that's going to sign him. Des Bryant or T.O., who goes first? <laughs> you All right, let me hang on a second. You wouldn't give Terrell Owens no. a workout? Uh-uh. No? No. You don't think he could He's catch? He's 44. Is he still uh, doing fine. sit-ups in his, in his, in his so driveway? So I don't care how fast he runs or how many sit-ups he can do. It doesn't make him an NFL player, and at 44, at a at a – Physically demanding position and everything you're getting with T.O., who would want to go anywhere near that? Third down receiver. Oh, you don't think uh, You don't think he can no. contribute? No, I no. do not. Apparently, you haven't watched the or, Bills. Or uh, put it this way. <laughs> he can't contribute significantly better as a third down receiver than a second-year veteran that I'm paying $800,000 a year to. I love how the conversation about trading Julio Jones just turned, turned into, into signing Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. I wanted to find a way. Yeah, let's go back. Let's get no, back no, this is good stuff. I wanted to find a way to work Terrell Owens in. Well, you did all right. All right. And I took it hook, you know line, what? and you're, sinker. You're, you're, you know what? Listen, it's it's 44. He's not 54. All it's right? 44. How well, many receivers have ever played in the NFL at 44? None, and that's the that's the point. Oh come on! I think that's nuts. the point for Ter- now. I know he's You're doing nuts. it because he needs money. It, the but, other you know, the other thing right? about he, who right? Terrell, how much well, money is Terrell Owens made in his career? Career, career earnings. Go ahead. Let's go. Let's see the, hear the guesses. I'll give I'm you the seasons. I'm so going to say it. career earnings for Terrell Owens. Sixteen seasons. I'm going to say he made eighty five million dollars. Yeah, I would. I was. I was thinking a little lower, but I would say in the sev- in the sixty or seventy and, million range. And I'm going to say he spent ninety million. He had a lot of one year deals towards the end of his career too. Terrell Owens, seventy nine point six million. Good call, All right. Nailed it. And he Good spent call. eighty nine oh, or whatever. Probably. Right. I mean, yes. he played in the Arena League a couple of years ago, just because he needed money. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, yeah. that's what this is about. Let's not kid ourselves. And he figured if it goes and plays a one year deal. It's about Whatever. his ego too. I mean, which yeah, is, but 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 just take all that aside. It would be remarkable at forty four if he could play and contribute. On a National Football League I mean, team. Absolutely would be okay. remarkable. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Back to I think Julio. someone will give him a chance, though, because teams want to win. And, you know, if, if he could run a 4-4-40, if they could give him a look, whatever he's doing to stay in shape, I'm just saying the guy's a Hall of Famer for a reason because he's a great receiver, right? All the other stuff aside. Yeah, age 27 he He's was. a great receiver, <laughs> and it would be – okay, well <laughs> – I can I can see that I'm not going to uh, convince old guy in the corner here no, that hey you know something different could happen like players are in better shape now and they can have longer careers and so on and so forth. I'm not advocate. Listen, I'm not saying like wow this is this is great for football that this guy gets elected to the Hall of Fame and he's not going to go now and he's going to try to uh, make a comeback here. I'm just saying if he were able to make a comeback, it'd be pretty remarkable and a great story. How, how late did Jerry Rice play? 
He was up there, right? Probably into his early 40s. 40, right? Wasn't he, wasn't he uh, dancing around, and I'm using dancing because he did Dancing with the Stars, but wasn't yeah. he dancing around a return? Yeah. Rec- oh, last yeah. year. Last year, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he, he put it out there. Yeah, he put he it out there. He kept himself in shape. Right. And people were talking about, wait, and people were talking about, well, yeah, Jerry Rice could probably, uh, you know, catch 30 or 40 balls in the NFL. That's right. He'd be a good player for the – John Gruden should sign Jerry Rice back up. But yet, John ter- Gruden might. But hang on. But Terrell Owens is talking about it, and oh, that's a terrible idea. Why? Because you love to hate him. Yeah. And, okay. And, and and let's not let Terrell off the hook for creating that as well, too. All right, back to Julio Jones. And the last thing I want to say to you, Mike, is is we've spent a lot of time talking about that great wide receiver class of 2013, and none of them have really gotten paid. And, and, it's, and it goes to where Julio Jones is, which is the position is not getting blank checked anymore. Right. That's right. And really, the issue is that the ones that did get paid took these contracts that just they weren't built to last. Right. Right. And he's being forced to make it last. And structurally, it just doesn't have the cash flow to keep up with his demands. And again, my answer is too bad. Right. And what we're seeing is we're seeing shorter contracts now so that that doesn't happen on both sides of the fence. Or we're seeing better structured contracts. Take a look at Mike Evans. Take a look at Jarvis Landry. Take a look at the right column on spot track. That's the cash flow. And what you're seeing is more consistency. You're seeing a nice payday in year one because of that signing bonus, except for Mike Evans because Tampa doesn't do signing bonuses. So you're seeing a big roster bonus or a big signing bonus. So get him, get him paid right in year one and then spread out two through five or two through four so that it's basically even so that it never goes too high and never goes too low so that there's really no reason to get to this point where, where, where we are with Julio Jones. Yeah, and the broader picture, you already alluded to it, the position itself, the offenses are spread out more. Yeah. There are more receivers. Every college starts three and four wide receivers. It's become as passing has become, even at the high school level, there are is a larger pool of available players, yep. and it's a very physical demanding position. As much as you might not think they don't get hit as much anymore, we've seen a lot of those guys with foot problems. It's a very running down field as much as they run as hard as they cut it's become a position that that it does not always last as long and those i think are all related topics that rely that that come back to julio jones it's getting to the point now um and you know this will be a very interesting season on the field to sort of watch this but i want to i'm interested to see how many other teams start to go to this spread offense how many other teams start to look like the rams and the eagles and the chiefs and, and these teams that are really spreading the ball around because if it starts to really blossom and you know you've got half the league doing it then then the the major wide receiver contract is going to be gone and a guy like Odell Beckham Jr needs to take cash right now right now and if it's not from the giants get me out of here cuz I'm going to a team who will pay me who's got massive cap space who can give me 2 years of top pay you know so that I can make my bank and then go from there because this is becoming a running back situation is what we're getting towards we're getting to a situation where yeah there's going to be a 7 8 year cap on these guys these guys massive career and that's where they make their money. And they're not going to make it on the rookie contract. We know that. So so if they're going to be you know, rookie wage scale plus a fifth-year option plus a franchise tag, that's six years right there. So if you can get your massive contract in year five or year four even, get it and let it ride out and then you know, deal with your consequences from there. But that's where we are. All right, massive contracts is a great segue to understanding the NBA offseason, right. <laughs> which you've... Don't we always use the phrase massive contracts yeah. when we talk about anything that's NBA-related? And in an article at SpotTrack.com, financial facts for NBA trades, free agency, and the draft, 
This is the Reader's Digest. That's look right. that up, kids. Uh, Cliff Notes. <laughs> look that up too, kids. Um, Google search version. That's right. Cliff Notes. <laughs> Cliff Notes version here of what is to come here. By the way, do those still exist? Yes. Like Cliff Notes. Yes. Yeah, but they're on, they're all online, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you can buy term papers. Yeah, the yellow books now. are gone. I yeah, think. That's true. Yeah, yeah, the little yellow books Boy, at the uh, uh, drugstore are gone. We all relied a lot on those back in the day, didn't uh, we? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> here, read War and Peace. Have a report ready to go for it uh, next week. Um, yeah. Is there a Cliff Notes for that? Yeah. I use that. By the way, I used War and Peace <laughs> on a putt read once at, at the uh, playoffs on the PJ Tour Radio. <laughs> I said, this is a war and peace putt, a long, tough read. And <laughs> Very good. <laughs> anyways. That is how you draw the users in right there. That's right. You bring them in like, Engaging. oh, yeah. You got to engage them. Like, wow, this must be a really tough putt. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the NBA offseason because you have the draft tomorrow. We're recording this on a Wednesday morning. The draft is June 21st. And there's a, you know, picks can be traded, but mm – -hmm. There, because this is kind of the first order of business, right? The draft and trades at the draft. And what we've seen over the years, for those who follow the NBA draft, is hey, uh, Minnesota drafted uh, John Jones mm -hmm. and Washington drafted Joe Blow. And then an hour later, wait, they trade the rights to John Jones and Joe right. Blow along with, you know, backup center um, Jimmy Johnson, whatever. Right. Uh, to throw them in there. These, all these trades happen in the NBA, but they don't happen before because you always wonder, well, why didn't they just trade the right. pick right so that's uh, that's the uniqueness of this draft in the nfl draft you're seeing these things happen in real time right and the league has to approve these these trades literally on the on the fly so that makes the nfl draft like a, the crazy cat thing that it wait, is hang on a second what the nfl drafts a tv show you don't think those trades were already predetermined they're, they're, they they're, just don't announce them until then because they want to announce it on live on television think, just my thought i think maybe that stuff's written up but i think it doesn't get sent to the league because it always depends ready. on who yeah. might have gone before yeah, I, I think sure. every team okay yeah. if if our guy and, they, and you see if our guy is there yeah. we're, we're willing to give this to you for that yeah but, but the league knows that league has a heads up if this happens we're going to do because to approve a trade like you know yeah, but but they're, the they're, attorney's got to look no through everything. There's no contracts or anything that have to be approved in an NFL trade. It's just to swap a draft well, pick. Yeah, so as no long money. as you have it and you can give it up, where the NBA one becomes a little more involved. But the NBA, everybody's there in one place. The NFL, they're not. Right. So that's why I'm saying they have to have a heads up because all the GMs are back at their home base. They're not sitting there at the table, mm -hmm. unlike the NHL or the NBA, where everybody's right there. So the, yeah, so, so so with the NBA, NBA though, the, basically what happens is you can trade draft picks up until 6 p.m. tonight, right? Wednesday the 20th, which is the day before the draft. So that can happen. You you can still spin your first round pick. You know the, the Cleveland Cavaliers can spin that number eight pick tomorrow for whatever they need to do if they're going to do it, and they can still do it during the draft. But like you said, they're going to have to draft the player at eight and then trade that player to another team for something else. It, that's just how they they works. They don't do any in-draft trading of picks like the NFL and, and you see the other sports doing. And by the way, the player gets drafted, does not have to give the hat back when the first team <laughs> yeah, is drafted that's right. by. He gets a new it's hat. It's always that weirdly awkward moment and you know when you watch the NBA draft that they'll interview the guy yeah, with the and then, then 10 minutes later he's <laughs> gone there. Well, what, like, well, why, did we, why are we wasting our time? Why were you asking about how he fits in to the Cleveland Cavaliers when he is never going to play there? It, it's, it, it's weird because we're so ingrained and how the NFL draft works. So, so let's actually talk about why this happens because we can move right forward to, to, to the trade process, which is an unbelievably 
gigantic pile of chaos mess, right? I mean, it is a it is a legal document to read to understand how these trades work with all the scenarios and the and the finances and the exceptions and and there's so many different things that go into play. I've put like a hundred words into this for you to read because you know what basically what I've done is I've taken the most most popular things that happen and I've and I've given you the scenarios, things that may happen in the next month or so based on the the sort of rumors we're we're hearing here. But basically, the long and short of this, to your point here, is the reason that these things can't be approved on the fly during the draft is there are mathematical formulas in place. There, there, you have to. You can only take on so much if you give out so much, right? The money sort of has to sync up in terms of players you send out and players you acquire. So there's some there's some real crunching that goes into play in terms of the, the salaries that are moving around during a trade to make sure that it's a legal trade because there have been many times where trades have been deemed illegal based on you know, miscalculations and things like that. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a more, it's a more complicated process for sure than the other leagues go deal with. Um, we had a trade today. I'll, I'll sort of speak to that as an example of how this works, right? We hit, we saw Dwight Howard go from Charlotte to Brooklyn for Timothy Mozgov, a couple of bigs getting flopped around. Well, Dwight Howard has $7 million more in cap than Timothy Mozgov. So just on paper flat like that, that's an illegal trade. Okay. And the fact that two draft picks were thrown in with Mozgov mean nothing. Draft picks mean nothing in trades, which to me is a little baffling um, because first-round picks are slotted. Second-round picks, you can sort of assume they're slots. Um, so you were, you, I think you could put a financial weight to them, but legally speaking, draft picks mean nothing in terms of this mathematical formula. It's literally just salaries. So what does that mean? It means in terms of the math and basically how we work it out in, with the formula, Brooklyn's going to have to, or Charlotte's going to have to send more. Brooklyn's going to have to send more, whether that's cash or more players, to make this thing a legal trade. Just as it is right now, it's not legal. Um, so there's going to be more coming. So, so that's the kind of thing you need to watch for when these trades start to, start to happen. And by if more, you mean more players with more money. More money. In terms of the math I did quickly, they owe about $3 million more right now okay. in order to make that Dwight Howard trade legal. Dwayne Howard's becoming the yeah. modern day version of Keith Van Horn. No question, no question. And it's the big man. It's a big man syndrome. It's it's a big man who can't. How many shoot. teams is this now for Dwight Howard? Third, fourth? No, no. Oh, I, mean, guys, wait, I was I thinking more yeah, like six or seven. There's the Orlando Magic. No, is it that? Much? Wait, hang on. Let, let me try and guess this. Orlando Magic. Uh-huh. Right, it's where he started. Houston Rockets. Became Superman. No, didn't he go to L.A. first? Oh, I think yeah, Lakers. I, yeah, right, At Lakers. Then the Houston Rockets. Then he um, Charlotte. Nope. Right. Some There's bef- somebody, somebody before, before Charlotte? Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Orlando. No. No. Did you no, say no, Orlando no. already? Right. I said yeah. Orlando. Hang on. Oh my gosh. Julio Jones. Atlanta, huh? He was the Atlanta. It's right. He was Atlanta, Atlanta. Hawks. Right. Yeah. Then Charlotte. And right. Now, now, now six. It's a six team. Crazy. This guy was, you know, the next big star. Crazy. And, and you know, part of like his rep, his reputation is not a great one. Yeah. Right, all from Houston. It didn't go, didn't go well. Got though, ugly. Right? He got older. He's a kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the big men needed to do everything now in this league. So he's just sort of getting phased out in terms yeah. of how that's working. But yeah, this this is you know trade number one of hopefully you know a dozen or so based on everything we're hearing. And well, the Hornets might be moving Kemba Walker I heard to that. Cleveland, right? I've heard this. That yeah. uh, that's got to be uh, contingent though on some things, don't you think? Yeah, there's yeah, <laughs> I think there's yes, there are some things that are going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he'd, look, he'd look good with LeBron. I, so let's talk about this because then after the draft, which See, is tomorrow, any NBA talk always goes yeah, to LeBron. Of course, <laughs> transitioning right. <laughs> everything from the league in the league will happen once he decides what he's, what he's right. doing. Right. So, so that's the next phase in, in in the off season here, which is the the option deadline, which is June 29th, Right. So, so a week after the draft. 
that's 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 the the watch for most of these teams and, and the LeBron watch that that we've all been dealing with here. LeBron's got the thirty-five and point six million dollar option. There's some other players out there with some decent options to watch, but uh, you know the, the, the summer's going to sort of flex as LeBron goes here. So you know after the draft, and you know I, I actually think we'll know a little bit more tomorrow, right? We're, because based on what Cleveland does with this number eight pick, right? You know I think we're we're going to know a little bit. You about, think that pick will give us an idea if it happens? If it happens, right? I mean, isn't that isn't that sort of the layer here? I mean, if they think they they can keep this guy, or at least they've got one more year with this guy, then doesn't that number eight pick get you something like Kemba Walker right now? Right? You would think so. Now Kemba Walker is a want, future point They guard. would want now. They would want somebody to help now. Yeah. Right. If yeah. they keep the pick or try to move up, then they're saying we need we need our next guy. I I wouldn't discount anything right now. I mean, because Cleveland Cleveland has to be thinking all in for 2018, right? Because they've got, I think they've got a decent shot to have LeBron back for one more year. I, I don't know if any situation out there is perfect. We've talked about this. So, um, you know, if they go and flip that pick, if they go and pick a player that complements LeBron James with that pick, you know, rather than replaces him or, or sort of takes over the future, um, we're going to know a little bit more, I think, just tomorrow night, just sort of where they stand. And then obviously the deadline of June 29th will be the big day. Whether he's, if he opts out, who knows? If he opts in, that certainly doesn't mean he's staying. Obviously, you know his tradeability is available um, up and, up and through the February deadline. So you know nothing's going to be safe with LeBron and Cleveland. You know from now until February, but we'll know a little bit more over the next week in terms of where what he he does, what Cleveland's doing, and and there are other teams to think about in terms of the draft and the trades as well. And I've got it laid out in this article. The, the big one's Kawhi Leonard, um, and I don't know how big it is. So it's sort. It was really interesting breaking news when it came out that he was essentially going to leave San Antonio. I don't even know if that's that's fact anymore. Right. You know, I'm sure Popovich is doing his due diligence over there. Um, but man, San Antonio. We talked to Cleveland and Golden State, and we not enough people are talking about the San Antonio Spurs because the San Antonio Spurs put Golden State aside. They're the, they're the best team of this dynasty of this of this decade. Right. I mean, they are the New England Patriots of the NBA. I would agree. Soft spoken. They do everything by the sort sort of right down the middle. Right. They're they're, they're not one way or another. Um, and they just win, and they win with anybody. I mean, Tim Duncan was the was the you know the Tom Brady of this for a while. He's gone, and they're still doing fairly well. I mean, they're still you know a, a middle round seed. So, um, here's the interesting thing with Kawhi Leonard: he's got one year left on this deal. Then he can opt out. He will opt out. Let's not even beat around that bush. He's going to opt out after 2018. So this is a rental. This is a rental piece either for San Antonio or it's a rental piece for the team he gets traded to, which makes it a very unique situation because yeah, he's a superstar but he's been injured and he's got some mental issues. I think that's pretty fairly safe to assume. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a very, uh, he's sort of a black cat in a dark horse situation. There is another player like that <laughs> in the league right now who has been traded once, who has forced himself off a team, who has shown to be an all pro. Same money who is too, on, right? Who is on a team right now that maybe doesn't fully need his services because the guys that are around him showed they can do what he, you know, do it without him sort of. Uh, yeah, that's Kyrie Irving, who is in the exact same contra- contractual situation as Kawhi Leonard. Now, that's a situation where you could literally go one for one and sort of snap it off right there and be done. Money would be perfect. They're both on one-year rental contracts. It's just It would just be a change of scenery with hopes that maybe they're the guy long-term that could stay. Um, but you, you would, I don't think you'd need to give up anything more. Well, let me, let me pose something else interesting. Okay. You know, the Celtics. Yeah. They're to get Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. Then what do they do with Hayward when he comes back? Okay. Um, same spot, right? Same position? 
It is. It is. But you certainly need something to go behind Irving or Leonard, right, in terms of depth because you never know. All these guys are have, coming off an injury. Right. So none of you can assume none of them are going to be playing 82 games next year. So I, I don't think it's wrong to have too much in terms of the guard position with Rozier and, and Hayward and Irving or Leonard here. But I just think if both guys need to change the scenery, right, I'm not sure that Kyrie does. Kyrie seems to be okay in Boston. Um, you know, granted, he's said he's not going to sign an extension this year, but that's that's just a, that's a business, financial, right, yeah, that's yeah. a business decision is all that is. But if Kawhi needs a change of scenery, you know, I don't think Boston would say no immediately. You know, I think Boston would consider this based on what they saw out of their youngsters, um, certainly in a rental process. It's just a matter of, is he really better than Kyrie Irving? And I think that's a basketball question. That is a, that is a, well, I think they play different games. Yeah. They play different games. I think so. You know, and, and, and again, you, you, you think of the kind of system that Kawhi has played in all the reasons that you just said make you wonder, you know, I I don't want to say he's a system player because he's not, he's great, but, but the system was so dominant around him. Did the system make him look better than he is? And does he not, is he not as great when he's in a different system? Doesn't that fit Boston though? I mean, doesn't Boston have so many they pieces have a in place? Yes, and they have, right? a, and they have the very smart and, Brad Stevens system. And isn't isn't the knock on Kyrie? I mean, isn't the reason he had to leave Cleveland was that he just wanted the ball all the time, right? He wanted to be the guy, the showstopper. He 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 needed to get away from LeBron, who who had the same demands. And I don't know how that's going to fly on this on this Boston team that really has shown they can spread it out and everybody can can play a role here. And guys emerged when Kyrie wasn't there. That's right. So yeah. so if if you've got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who doesn't need to go up there and score forty, right? Who who loves having the ball, he's certainly going to be bringing the ball up the court for that team if the, if he goes to Boston. But if you put pieces around him and Kawhi can sort of play nice, where Kyrie might have too much of an ego to do so, and that's speculation, obviously. But I just think it might be a better fit. Right, if they need to change the scenery, and he's going to a great team, and he's not he's not going to the West. We know he's not. Kawhi Leonard's not getting traded to to, to the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's That's just right. stop that conversation <laughs> because because you know yeah. Popovich isn't going to you know kill his playoff chances by doing so for a year. Um, but let's get back to San Antonio before we get off this topic because San Antonio to me is a extremely interesting situation over the next eighteen months. They are they are loading up cap space. They are loading up a situation where everything's sort of lining up for twenty nineteen. The salary cap's supposed to jump about $10 million. They've got LaMarcus Aldridge under contract for about two more years. All of their older guys, the Ginobili's and those guys, are going to fall off the wayside at that point. Kawhi's going to fall off, whether you're going to re-sign him or trade him or whatever's going to happen. Um, but, man, if you can get LeBron James to sort of play on a one-year somewhere, whether it's Cleveland or wherever he's going to go, and then you've got guys like Durant and, 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 and a few others out there who are also lining themselves up for 2019 – Look out for San Antonio because you could build a super team with a super coach in a great city in a winning in a winning franchise, and San Antonio could go for another five years here and be legitimate contenders to Golden State, who by the way will also need to do some damages in 2019, like we've talked about, and don't discount Clay Thompson going to San Antonio on a free agent contract. Wow, that's a lot. There. So sure show that. <laughs> yeah, been a lot here. Uh, We'll save baseball for next week. Yep. All right. Uh, we, we, we got a lot into Julio Jones. Plenty there. of season left. And there, yeah, there is plenty of baseball season left. Right. We got a little bit, little a little bit longer bit, to go. Left, like yeah. half of it. All right. Um, thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Make sure you uh, rate us in iTunes. Right. And yep. uh, check out the app as well. Yes, and check out the SpotTrack app. Everything is SpotTrack.com for Mike Gennetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com. Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.